people buy you for who you are and not what you do. What you do is just a white, but people engage with, with someone who represents a value and, and something that they can connect with. Welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of The C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 120 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Christina with you here. I'm back with a fantastic guest this week, and we're talking about personal brand, purpose, and how to get unstuck in your career. And joining me on the show is the wonderful Robert Cugno from Future You Coaching. Robert is a business and career accelerator coach who also works from Hub Southern Cross, my co-working space. That's where we met. He's super passionate about inspiring people so that they can achieve their career goals and feel rewarded and satisfied in their work. We were having a conversation one day at Hub and we got talking about career transitions and how it's quite normal now for people to move from one career to the next, as I've done and as he's done multiple times, but often figuring out what the next thing to do or the next step step to take can be difficult and confusing and often requires a lot of soul searching. And we were talking about this and I said, you know what, we should share this on the podcast. So here it is. In this episode, you'll discover why it's okay to move from one career to the next, how to find your strengths that will help you to accelerate your career and make a transition if required, what to do if you're feeling stuck in your career and you don't know how to move forward and why personal brand is so important for career progression. And this is also relevant to business owners too. So even if you're not feeling stuck in your career, if you're a business person or if you're a consultant where you have to work with other people and assimilate into their environments and be seen a certain way, then you'll also get a lot of value from this episode. Oh, and we also tackle one of life's big questions. How do you find your life's purpose? So we do cover a lot in this episode. I hope you enjoy. Show notes will be at thecmethod.com slash Robert. That's thecmethod.com slash Robert. I do have one announcement before we get to that. I'll be running a workshop on podcasting next week. It's called Podcasting for Business and Introduction at Hub Southern Cross. It's a lunch and learn, so it's lunchtime on Tuesday, 25th of July here in Melbourne in the CBD. Now, I've created an events page on my website. It's thecmethod.com slash events, and there I'll be putting links to all the upcoming events that I'll be speaking at so that it makes it easy for people because I've, I've got a few coming up and instead of telling everyone individually for each event, I thought I'll make one page. So go to thecmethod.com slash events and there'll be links there to that workshop that I'm running on Tuesday. It's free to register and I'll be sharing why podcast is so beneficial to growing your business, why you should or shouldn't start a podcast and I'll be answering any questions that you may have as well about building a successful show. So if that sounds Sounds interesting to you and you're in Melbourne, do come along. Go to thecmethod.com slash events and register there. All right, let's move on to the conversation I had with the lovely Robert Cugno. If you look at my history, I've had a really exciting career. But towards the end of my career, I landed in a job which had a great title and great prestige, but um, just didn't work for me. And I've got to know a lot of people in the same position who feel trapped, they feel stuck, um, they feel like the world's going by and, and they're not really achieving, um, they're feeling dissatisfied. 
So what I decided to do was jump out of my career. And when I jumped out, it was a jump out. It wasn't a jump out for this. It wasn't until later that I got back to career coaching. And um, what drove that is to get back to my purpose. So I started off as, as a humble lecturer and teacher and tutor. And to anyone who would listen, I would say that's the best job I ever had because it was teaching and I'm a teacher at heart. So I wanted to go back to my roots. I wanted to go back to something that was purposeful and meaningful to me, but I didn't want to go back to lecturing and marking assignments. So coaching was something that I'd been practicing as a leader. So I went back and got officially qualified. I got my piece of paper. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> but um, And yeah, so I started coaching and started coaching not only professionals who are looking for accelerated careers or some navigation through a career, but also started con to connect with graduates and saying, and graduates saying to me, well, I've got my piece of paper. Now what? You know, what, what does, what's a CV look like? What's LinkedIn? How does that work? So there's, there's a broad range of activities that I do, which, um, are all centered in a coaching philosophy. What advice do you have for people who? might be finding themselves in a situation where they feel maybe a bit stuck in their careers, but they don't actually know, like we all have blind spots, right? We don't know what we don't know. And we often have skills and specialities that we don't actually know that we're good at. So how can someone go about uncovering what these blind spots are and potentially using that to make that transition in a more confident manner? My experience has been that most people make their decisions based on What's my next step up? Okay. And what qualifications do I need for that? And as I said earlier, I, I think that approach is going to really lose its effectiveness. What I advocate is look internally and look around you. If, and if you do 360s, these are a real powerful way of getting this information. Identify your skills, but then link your skills to your purpose or your passion. Know what really floats your boat. Now, if you listen to Simon Sinek, he talks about knowing your why and he talks about a whole process of doing that. And that's, that's wonderful. And I assist people in doing that. But ultimately in your heart, you know, you know what you want to do. You know what you're good at. And sometimes what's lacking is the financial stability or just the, the <laughs> courage, um, to take that leap. But if you're truly stuck, um, it is really, really useful to seek independent people, people who don't know you because people can, who don't know you can quickly, who are trained. So I'm talking about coaches, for example, who you can talk to honestly, who can start to see the things that you can't see and can help take you on a journey to mm -hmm. help you uncover those things. Now, a lot of people go, no, I'm going to go talk to my friends. Well, your friends are your friends and, and they're either going to, in, in good Australian style, tease you or, they're just going to say, well, I like you because, which is reinforcing what you know, which is not actually a step forward. It's really, really comfortable. It's great to be told how good you are. But sometimes you need someone to say, oh, you're not that good at that. Maybe you should be seeing this or what mm -hmm. makes you think you can do that really well. Um, so that's, that's the, the process. The process is look around you, but seek independent advice. Secondary to that, consider um, some psychometric tests that might help you uncover some of your strengths and your values. Sure. So something like a Gallup Strengths Poll or a Via Institute Strengths Test, which both are free. Well, one's about 20 bucks, but it's not going to break the bank. I've heard Strengths Finder 
2.0 is yeah, a really good yeah. book. Yeah, that's a fabulous book. Yeah, that's yeah. also another reference that you can refer to. Another yeah. thing with the the friend thing, and this is something that I've realised yeah. that when you grow up with people or when you're around people who know who've known you for a while, they tend to pigeonhole you as this one thing. Yeah. Because that's what they've known you as, and that's what they're comfortable knowing you as. And when you just when you come out and say, "I want to do something different," or "I want to be known as this," they it's confusing for them, and they go, "No, but we liked old Christina. You know, we liked you when you're doing. We, this is how we know you." And it's a, a weird thing for them to imagine you as something else. And speaking from my experience, when I went to the US and I started meeting people who had no idea who I was. When I started to tell them, this is what I do, I'm a podcaster, I'm a trainer, I'm a speaker, they're going, amazing, great, hello, here's Christina, the the podcaster, the the speaker. And I didn't – there was none of that, oh, but weren't you doing – weren't you an architect? Aren't you going to go back to that? I didn't have to deal with that at all. So definitely agree with getting that external opinion. And I can relate to that because I've got a couple of quick stories. Mm. One of my brother-in-laws – well, my I'm generally a very warm person. I – I love to get along with people and my one of my greatest strengths and a tool I use very effectively is humour. I laugh at myself but also laugh at others and I've got the right to laugh at others because I let them laugh at me. So when you work with me, you usually end up with a smile. That's what I'm told and, and that may sound conceited but it is. Um, so it's really interesting that in my family, in my immediate family, my broader family, I'm – I'm the party goer. I'm the one that gets up and dances. I'm the one that's cracking jokes. I'm the <laughs> one that takes nothing seriously. And I, I cracked a joke at my father's funeral and my brother-in-laws looked at me and just said, yeah, that's Rob. That's what he does. But then the same brother-in-laws looked at me and said, how do your students take you seriously when you're <laughs> lecturing? You lecture to 300 people on crime. How the hell? We can't look at you seriously. We just look at you and laugh. And that's exactly the story you're, that you just told. They saw me in a role. Not in another, and they could not envisage the other role. So when you go to your friends and ask them, what do you think I should do? They see you in a role. So they'll say, oh, you, you're working at the ANZ bank and you're really hating it. You should try the NAB. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it might be the actual bank industry you don't like. <laughs> yeah. Well, that leads me to my next question. How do you know if you're feeling stuck? And I'm sure people listening, if you feel stuck, you know that you're feeling stuck. Yeah. How do you know whether you're stuck in that particular workplace? Should you just change the workplace? Should you go from Commonwealth Bank to the NAB? Or should you switch industries? Or should you leave the country, go to India, turn vegan, go find yourself, that sort of thing? Like, How do you know which of these transitions is the right one for you? Or to throw one other one in there, should you change your brand, change your image? So part of the reason you could be stuck Mm. is because these people see you in a particular way. One and I mentioned it earlier. One of the one of the things that I realised later, once I'd gone through this great career, towards the end of this career, I actually realised that I had this brand that people engaged with, the people and this image that people um, connected with. And sometimes I would people talk to me about opportunities, and I okay, they're mad. I can't do that. I can't count to ten. They want me to run spreadsheets. What are they talking about? Um, but I had this image. Um, and sometimes when you get stuck in a role, it's not. It's not because you don't like the role. It's because how people are perceiving you. And then they're treating you in that particular yeah, way as absolutely. well. absolutely. Okay. And also, you often get stuck in a role. And one of th- it is, be- is because you don't have advocates. One of the things, that I, I run a personal pr- um, branding program. I take people through a process. And one of the key things in personal branding is engaging with advocates or champions in high places. 
I landed roles in my career because someone was sitting in a boardroom or in a meeting who said, I know who can do that. And then they came to me and said, do you want to do this? And my natural inclination is to take a risk. So I said, sure. But then I look at them and go, oh, my God, $3 million project, never run a project in a mile, and it reports to the Premier's Cabinet, like, ugh. But someone could see something, someone saw something in my brand, and I presented myself in a particular way, and we all project the brand, even before, even, even without knowing it. You ask people, you ask a stranger, you, you walk into a place like here, like the hub, um, sit down next to someone, sit next to them the next day and go, just out of, hey, how did I present to you yesterday? And they'll say, blah, blah, they may say, blah, blah, blah. And you're, oh, no one said that before. I didn't know I did that. Mm. So branding is, is a, is a good starting point. So I always start with self. Okay. Start with self and start with your connections. And because you might actually be not liking your job because it's, but like your workplace. But if you're actually sitting there going, I don't like the people I work with. I don't like this job then you need to start a process of talking to someone who can take you on a journey to identify what is that thing that's missing in this job and what's that thing that must have been there for a period of time and now it's gone and what's caused it to go because it might be a case of reigniting that flame. Again, talk to a friend, it's not going to work because they don't have the skills. Okay, so there's a few things here yeah, that sorry. you mentioned. <laughs> sorry. Let's, let's unpack yeah. each one. First of all, going back to the personal branding yeah. thing, if someone's never thought about their brand before or thinking about, oh, how am I projecting myself? How can someone start to firstly be aware of what they're projecting? And then how do you go about changing that when you're surrounded by the same people who might, you know, know you as that particular brand? How do you change your personal brand? I don't believe in changing by stealth. It takes too long and it's too hard. So if you believe that you're um, being perceived in a certain way, and it's holding you back. Can you give me an example of that? Okay, personal, uh, a really good personal example. Um, when I when I moved into the school of engineering, I came out of a um, a school focused on social and community studies, justice, youth workers, and and in that in that space, I'd wear a pair of slacks, I'd wear a pink shirt because I like pink for a bloke. That's how it is. <laughs> cope. Um, I would wear. A suit jacket. Sometimes I'd suit up. First day in, uh, second day in school of engineering, and and emailing would be hi, how are you going, Christina? Hope things are well. Hope you had a great weekend. Listen, we need to get to these things. We need to get time, get together. I went to the school of engineering, and I had a confrontation with one of the heads of school who walked into my office and he said, "Mate, you're in engineering. You don't care about my weekend, and I don't care about yours. I don't care about your kids, and I don't have any." And oh my God! <laughs> you want something? You want something done? Tell me what to do. It will be done right on time. And by the way, don't wear pink. Oh my goodness! And I just looked at him, and I went, "Are you serious?" I went and saw my boss. I said, "You won't believe what just happened." And she laughed and she said to me, "Yeah, about time someone told you." <gasps> wow! So immediate. I went from suits to slacks, or from slacks to jeans. Fridays so jeans. So super cash. Casual it down, yep. boots, because that's what tradies wear. Suddenly it was that assimilation stuff. I'd wear darker shirts. Um, I would be okay with swearing a little bit. You know, it was, and what I did is quite literally changed it overnight. And people sort of were taken aback because what you need to do is you need to jolt people into re recognizing you. And marriage counselors say this, you know, when a marriage gets stale and oh, yeah, I'm going. 
come home, have dinner, watch telly, go to bed, wake up. And then the counsellors say, no, bang, go away for a dirty weekend. And you go, what? But you do when you come back and it's, things have changed because you've been jolted. It's, it, that pattern interrupt. Bingo. Shaking things up. Yeah. Um, so if, you, if, it's, if it's a thing about personal brand, look at what you're wearing. Are you wearing the same dull colours that everyone else is wearing? Wear something different. But hang on a second. But you were different and that was being that was harmful to your personal brand. Correct. So you went the other way and became Assume, like them. Yeah. So does that work both ways? Yes, it works both. So personal brand is about sending out an image, the image that you need to succeed in that sure. workplace. Okay. So one of the, one of the, one of the consultancies I did early in my career when um, was I got a consultancy with Detective Training School. And my mentoring senior lecturer at Latrobe said to me, um, good luck. He helped me get the gig, actually. I think he pulled out so I could do it. It's good on him. And he said to me, have you got a blue suit and white shirt? I said, yeah. He goes, great, wear it and wear a blue tie. I said, why? He goes, that's generally what police officers wear. You don't want to fight them. Yeah. You need to assimilate. Yeah. Your brand needs to match. So there is an element of matching. You need some distinction. but person And personal branding is you've got some core values and things you represent. I didn't change those. I still joked around. I still had a smile on my face. I still, when things, when I asked for things to get done, I would drive that change. Mm. But I just look slightly different to create that jolt that, yep. oh, okay, here's something a little bit different. So it can work both ways because what it is quite often, if it's the people around you not recognizing you and how you know this is if you're constantly overlooked for for promotion if you're putting your hand up for higher duties or extra work and the boss is going oh, no 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 christina you're right you know you've got an issue because you're putting your hand up but no one's seeing it you've got to be seen change mm. something it's really interesting how you talked about what you're wearing there because i view a similar thing with the way you communicate and you may have found this with your emails instead of writing the fluffy oh hi how are you going you get straight to the point and even though that's the way you would communicate, if you want to build a connection and build rapport with these people, you have to come to their, come yeah. to the line a little yeah. bit and, and communicate the way they do. And then maybe you can draw it back a bit later, but at that initial time when you've just joined and you want to establish yourself yeah. in this way, you've got to communicate the way that they communicate. Exactly. That, that's really important, meeting people halfway. And, and it, it brings me back to one of my favourite sayings by Simon Sinek who says, people engage or people buy, his actual word is buy, I change it to engage, but people buy you for who you are and not what you do. What you do is just a what, but people engage with, with, with a persona, with, with someone who represents a value and, and something that they can connect with. And, and to do that, sometimes, absolutely all the time, you need to meet halfway. Now, another thing that you talked about before, along with the personal branding, was about this idea of reconnecting with your passion and your purpose. And if the, if the work environment doesn't seem right or you're feeling stuck, you don't know what to do, that's when you have to look inside and go, okay, why am I here? Why? Asking those big questions, which can be scary. So how does someone go about doing that, especially if they graduated high school, went straight to uni, thought that they were doing all the right things, followed the path, in inverted commas, that was set out for them. I know I did that. And then realising down the track, I don't even know if I want to do this. Why did I even pick this in the first place? And I can imagine it's very challenging to reconnect with that purpose. So what are your tips for, for doing that? I know it's a massive question, but how can someone get started? 
Uh, yeah, big, big question. Mm. Um, I can I can talk about my personal trip. Mm. Um, and I said earlier, I said un- unashamedly, I was ambitious, yep. and I wanted to achieve. I know what drove that. That was due to I was a very, very average student. I was so average that when a teacher found out I was at uni, he thought that the person that they were talking to were mistaken. We've got the wrong Robert <laughs> Cugno. Now, there's only one of us in the state of Victoria, so it's pretty bloody hard to get the wrong one. But, yeah. Um, so I, I was driven. I was driven to succeed. I was, But I, I know now I was driven to succeed, not necessarily for myself, but just to put a finger up to the world. All those it's typical angry man not not so much i was never angry but i was driven i was really driven i'll show you absolutely telling me that i can't do things yeah, i can absolutely. do things yeah that one when i tried to jump off the top of the building was a bit frightening <laughs> but anyway apart from that i thought i could fly I, I know i can't but anyway um so what do you do you what did i do i actually started to question these feelings I started to quit. So I started to feel, oh, I've got to make some decisions here and they don't feel right. They don't feel good. I don't like this. Now, there's one of two ways. What I, the way I handled that was, oh, well, that's part of the job. Oh, you know, everyone told me you're in a leadership role. You're going to have to sack people. That's, that's how it is. Okay. I can do that if people deserve to be dismissed and they weren't performing. But then you, then we started to get into discussions about, okay, these courses have to go. These students have to move to somewhere else. Hang on, we're a teaching institution. Um, and I knew, I said earlier, my greatest job was being a teacher. I've known for years that at heart I'm a teacher. So then that's where I started to get conflict. So then I just started to question these feelings. Now, we are, we are, we are programmed as, as, as Anglo-Saxon humans to move on from feel, evaluating our feelings. Generally, don't worry about it, especially Australians. She'll be right, mate. Just push it back push down. It back. You'll be right. Close that door. <laughs> yep. Stomp on it till it's locked. Get the have lock it, have on a beer. It. Yep. Um, and sometimes it just takes a little bit of um, courage to say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to think about this. I'm going to evaluate it because there's a reason. I mean, if you're into lean, there's this thing called root cause. And they say, if you find the root cause, the problem won't reoccur. I found my root cause. I was away from my purpose. Now, your question goes, how do I find my purpose? It really, for me, became what lit me up. It's a word my 15-year-old daughter loves, lit. Um, and when, I'm, when I teach and coach, I'm lit. Yeah. And I can feel it. And then when someone gets that, that moment in their eyes where you go, holy moly, I taught them something. They carry that. They carry a part of you. For me, that's... So you can hear it now. That's that's me. That's it. Uh, for others, it might be something different. It might be, holy moly, I made sales. Holy moly, I hit budget. Oh, my God, this is the best spreadsheet. It could be I just made something with my hands. So if I just made something with my hands and I'm so proud of it, why am I a sales rep? You know, it's that identifying in yourself, that, that difference. And asking people, ask them a very simple question. I know I'm a in this case, career coach. Mm. But if I wasn't, what do you reckon I could be? And That's then, a great question. And then listen to what they say. Yeah. Because you'll find a thing. Stand-up comedian. Oh, uh, yeah, I got told that. <laughs> Every teacher up until year 12. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those parent-teachers interviews with I used to say to my parents, don't bother going, you know what they're going to say. Robert is quite capable, except he's too busy being a class clown. <laughs> And you know what? That class clown is my brand to this day. Mm. I still make people laugh. I still smile. I'm still warm. I still engage. 
all my teachers loved me um, and I love them. Um, even when they give me the strap, they did it with a, oh, sorry about that, mate, but hey, you deserve it. <laughs> no, it's all right, miss. No worries, sir. It's cool. I know. Shouldn't throw oranges at people. I get it. <laughs> Going back to the the whole find your find your purpose thing, I, I really love what you shared there about questioning things that come up and when something comes up and you feel like it's just not right, mm. going, why does it not feel right? Mm. And I've had that experience before where I could not bring myself to do a certain task that I was asked to do yeah. by a person who was managing me. Yeah. And I was like, why? I'm a good worker. I do. I, I get the job done. I, I'm good at things. I'm smart. Why can't I do this one thing? And I had to really think hard about it. Yeah. And I eventually realized that it's not in line with my values. Yeah. And that's why I was procrastinating and, cu- and couldn't get it done. And that was a massive realization for me. So yeah. to anyone listening, if you don't feel right about something, don't shy away from that. Try to unpack where that's coming from. What do we teach little kids? I've got a 15-year-old daughter and once upon a time she was tiny. And one of the things that we parents got told to teach your kids was if it doesn't feel right, tell somebody. If it doesn't feel right, it might not be right. Be careful. Mm. And this is this is getting into murky grounds. But why do we tell our kids if you're in a situation as it doesn't feel right, run? But then as adults, it doesn't feel right, but I'll step further into it. Mm. it you see, it's we'll it's, just wait a little longer. Yeah. I'm sure it's just a phase. It'll yeah, pass. That's right. Have a beer, like you yeah. said. It, it's it's drown your sorrows. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you know. I often hear it said that kids have got it. Children have got it right. They're, they're much more open and they're much more, um, what's that word? Intuition, into Intuitive? Thank you. Yeah. I cannot get my tongue around that <laughs> word. They're, they're that thing. And then as adults, we start to ignore and put blockers up to those signals the world sends us and those signals that our internal mechanisms send us. Um, yeah. Because our rational mind starts mm. to work and mm. go, no, but what about this? And what about this? And you've done all these years of study and you've done X, Y, Z rather than our gut, which is this doesn't feel right for me. This this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. But then your head's going, no, but you'll go backwards and you won't get a job here and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Or, hi, you're a director. Now what are you? Yeah. And, you know, having close family, I, I had my mother. She says to me, what do you do now? This is a lady that was came out in the boats in the 50s from Italy and she's a career hairdresser, ran three hairdressing businesses. When I was in in a role with a with a with a ladder with a hierarchy and a ladder and a title, she knew what I did. Um people didn't other people might not have known what a director of business development did, but hey, it was at this university, so he works there. Now people look at me and go, and what do you do? What what is it you do? What's your time? What, where do you work? In the city? How can you afford a city office? So suddenly I totally deconstructed a person that I was um, to something totally different. Mm. And the reward is the happiest I've been in years. Yeah. The absolute happiest I've been in years. Love it. Yeah. So tell me more about what you do at Future You Coaching. Okay. So at Future You Coaching, we, we focus on four markets, if you like, for a want of a less. <laughs> a more businessy word, we focus on professionals who feel that they're stuck in a rut and we work with them using a coaching mechanism and also getting to do, to um, participate in a program of structured work where they start to identify the reason that they're stuck in a rut. Um, 
And that's the, and when people go, oh, I feel like I'm stuck in a rut. The sort of people I'm talking about is that the sort of person that wakes up one day and goes, hang on a minute. I started with Jack and I started with Christina and now Christina's my boss and Jack is her boss. And I've got another, I've got a 22 year old kid who's my boss now, but I've been here eight years. What's going on? What mm. am I doing wrong? So that person that feels like they just hit a wall. Um, that needs to navigate through a, through their career or accelerate it or change it. We work with those individuals to help them identify some of the some of the things that float their boat, that get them excited. So we start to coach them through a bit of a self identity process. So you help with branding, finding branding, purpose, finding purpose. But we yeah. actually not only do we find branding and find purpose, we also are very practical. I I'm doing an incredible amount of work with people on their LinkedIn. Because their LinkedIn is really, like their description is, hi, I'm Robert Cunha, I work at the ANZ Bank, been here for 14 years and my role is as financial officer oh, no. and I do yeah. this. Like 99% of yeah, profiles. Yeah, whereas what I encourage people to do on their LinkedIn, and listeners, this might be a tip, is 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 make it conversational. I, my LinkedIn says, hi, I'm Rob, and I believe. Mm. I believe in inspiring people to achieve their career goals. I believe in people being happy in the workplace. I believe in people getting rewarded apart from financially by being at work. And people, people have come back to me and said, oh, wow. Mm. And that's that connection. There's that, there's that straight away. I've got a brand. I've got values. Um, whereas you just give me a job description in LinkedIn. I go, who the hell is this person? So it's like there's a million people that do that. Yeah. And what makes you different? Yeah, absolutely. But you ask people, what do you believe in, or what are your values? Now, a lot of people can give you quite a can give you a, quite a concise pitch, and you look at that and go, I like that person. This this person telling me this stuff, I like. Um, so we help people bring that out of themselves. Uh, we help them structure it in a CV. We help them structure it in in any job application. We help them structure their their social media, and and we help structure their blogs. I mean. <laughs> One piece of advice for anyone out there, get blogging. It doesn't matter if you don't think you've got anything to talk about. It is a great way of getting recognized as an expert. And that's the other thing is that a lot of people, in, especially in big corporates, are the, lose their, their difference, their expertise, um, or they don't develop their expertise, or if they do, they don't publicize it. So blogging is a really powerful tool. So we encourage people to change how they look, change how they behave, change how they dress without, you know, saying to someone, right, you love those golden flowing locks, now shave your head. I mean, we're not ridiculous, but... But it's moving towards how you want to be seen. Yeah, yeah. Yep, love it. Yeah. And if, if people want to learn more about how you work with people, where can they go? My website, www.futureucoaching. Now, that's a capital That's a capital U, not so the word. So, a letter U. The letter yeah. U, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, futureucoaching.com.au. Um, also on Facebook, which is at Future You Coaching, and on Twitter, and I've got an Instagram awesome. too, which is awesome because I've had it for two two weeks, and I've never had oh, Instagram congratulations. before. It is. I've got 150 followers in a couple of weeks, and there you go. I'm so excited until I tell my daughter, my 15 year old, and she says, "Dad, that's rubbish." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 120, I, I don't think that's a, that's a bad job at all. Yeah, no, working hard, working yeah. hard. Well, good luck Instagramming. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining me on the show. This has been really, really awesome. interesting. Thank you. And look out for my blog. So, so link in, I, I blog regularly. Take phone calls, happy to talk to people and, you know, it's about having an impact. So some people will say, look, I'm not looking for a coach, but just got, can, you, can I run this past you? Absolutely. Give me a call because, it's, like I said, it's about making a positive contribution to people's lives. Fantastic. Thank you. 
Big thanks to Robert Cugno from Future You Coaching for being such an amazing guest on the show this week. I just love the passion he has for helping other people and inspiring that positive change. Really love what he's doing there. You can find out more about his work at futureyoucoaching.com. That's you with the letter U. Or simply visit the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Robert. And before I leave you for this week, remember to go to thecmethod.com slash events to have a look at the upcoming events that I'll be speaking at and also the public workshops I'll be running. I'm planning on doing a public speaking workshop in the next few weeks. Quite excited about that. So once I've got everything finalized, that link will be going on that page as well. So it's worth checking out. And that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Love having you join me. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.